Hi, and welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty, and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Alan Chong at Tian 38. Alan made the news last year when he gave meals away to struggling Melbournians negatively impacted by the fallout from COVID-19 lockdowns. Over the course of a few months, Chong and his team cooked and gave away hundreds of meals to people who weren't eligible for JobKeeper or JobSeeker, people who were vulnerable and struggling in the pandemic. But that's not the only reason Alan and Tian 38 are special. Alan loves serving people the food he's created. He sees it as one of the most intimate acts you can do for someone. He hasn't closed over any of the lockdowns and can, continues to serve his chili crab jaffles, Hainanese chicken and Vegemite Osobuko rendang to adoring fans. Responding to the demand, Alan's Tian to You boxes are now going out to suburbs beyond the 10k radius of Flinders Lane. So if you live in Doncaster or Melton, Hughesdale or Mordialloc, amongst many other suburbs, there's a day of the week with your name on it and a memorable culinary experience to be had. I love this chat with Alan and I look forward to you sharing it with me. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> I know, I feel bump elbows. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. Oh, it's been uh, it's it's been so interesting. Obviously, during this um, lockdown six now, getting through. We we were only about six months old. Thank you. Only six months old. Last year, when you uh, we were trading only for six months. Yeah. Prior to lockdown. Yeah. To the to the first lockdown, is it? Yeah. yeah right. Very first lockdown. And when the first lockdown happened as well, it was because it was. The, 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 the fear factor was very high yeah. the first lockdown. And the CBD was a real, real ghost town. You wouldn't have a single car out here. I actually found it really hard to get a, a car park today. And I was who are all these people? There's a lot of fatigue now. Yeah, there is. So people yeah. have just sort of, you know, bent the rules and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, rightfully so, it's been two years. No, that's right. Government hasn't had its act together. No one's had, you know, really sort of approached this in the right way. Yeah, it's tricky because, you know, you want to give the government the benefit of the doubt because it is such a big unknown. However, it drags on and everyone's tired. So there's mixed messages going around as well. And us in the hospitality industry, you know, we're, in all honesty, we're very simple folk. We just want to serve food and yeah. drink. Yeah. Now we've got to find other avenues to do so so yeah absolutely and so i was i mean obviously you made you made the news last year for helping out so many people in need and so you'd only be open six months yourselves and then um i mean i read a few of those articles but how long were you supplying free food free dinners that was all throughout lockdown too was it um we are still supporting charities now though so we uh, there's the Humble Mission, and they operate a little bit further down the road, Saturday, 1.30, and we, we supply some goods to them. 
as well. Uh, we just felt it's it's interesting, I guess, now compared to lockdown two. Lockdown two, the amount of support which was actually given was absolutely lackluster. Yeah, absolutely lackluster. Now at least there's COVID emergency payments which appear non-biased. Uh, lockdown two was. The, the message going out to uh, people in the community was horrendous. It was like, oh, you're not, you're not an Australian resident. Um, yeah, just you pack your bags. You should be gone. Yes. You know, it's like okay. Um, easier said than done because there were no flights. <laughs> you know, so yeah, like you know, charge these kids, uh, you know, twenty thousand dollars a year or whatever in school fees and everything, and. Uh, Tell them just uh, basically fuck off. Yeah. So it was a very so bad that, tone. Is, is that who was mainly coming on the Wednesdays? Correct, yeah. yeah. And then you had JobKeeper sort of ratchet down. So it went from its full amount to uh, it got ratcheted down. And you saw other people start coming through because imagine you're a young, let's say, imagine you're a young family, let's say with a child. And we saw, we saw that as well. We saw young families with toddlers come through. Because they were on, they were on, you know, job keeper, job maker, whatever, which was an amount which was not realistic. Sure. Not realistic at all. So, did you? I mean, you obviously saw the need, and you just thought, "I'm going to do this." Did it? Pretty much. Was it? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. First, first, uh, first week of lockdown, we just did it. How could you afford to do that though? That was a big sacrifice for you. For us, we had surplus stock. And I'll tell you to be honest, I was ready to shut. Yeah. So I just went, I thought to myself, you know what? I can't open, I can't function as a restaurant. Doesn't matter. If so many people in the same boat, let's just try to help out a bunch of people along the way before we, before the, the ship sinks. Yeah. That's it. So yeah, I, I it was funny. I accepted a fate, but I think Carmel works in really funny ways. We, we managed to get through. Got a lot of community support yeah. after that. Um, so were you also running as a takeaway or pick up? Or, yeah. You know, at the same time. Yeah. 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 So we were running. Uh, yeah. We were so you were busy. <laughs> we, well, the first couple of lockdowns we weren't that busy. Okay. Yeah, but we, we did have a few grants and subsidies and all that, which sort of kept us going through. I kept a very skeleton staff of three people. Yeah. Now I've doubled my team. And I guess it would have been hard too, if you had only been going for six months, for people to know about you to then get takeaways anyway. Absolutely so, right. wow, okay. It was really, really hard. So then it's been a bit stop-start, hasn't it, since that first lockdown? It's yeah. been very stop start. Yeah, very much. Valentine's Day, all yes, those. That's right, Lunar New Year as well. Yeah. So that was a big bummer. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, it was it was a real, real sort of kick in the guts. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's quite funny. It's been two years now. I had a few orders last week. They they messaged me and went, oh. It's my birthday. I'd like to order from Tian. Uh, we ordered last year during lockdown. It's like you've made it a little COVID tradition. Oh, I love that though. You well, know. I love. It would be nicer if it wasn't out of COVID tradition, but, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> at still, least it's something. It is what it is. So, so tell me about the food then. So, t- what is Tian 
58 main. Literally, so it's really funny. Uh, this we took up two shops. Shop number three, shop number eight. Okay. <laughs> and Tian literally means shop. Okay. So shop three and eight. Oh, sounds Which really, is a really it sounds really exotic. But yeah, <laughs> it sounds, but it's it's literal meaning in shop three and eight. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That's clever. It's. Uh, it's it's like a naming convention you'll find in some places in in Asia. So they just say, oh, that's shop three, you know, thirty six or whatever on this street. Yeah. So we just sort of took took that as well and sort of made it a little bit more exotic. And I think it's a little, it's a good question because many people ask that question, <laughs> you know. So yeah. And so I I was reading that you describe it as new school Chinese. And what what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I, I like the fact that. This restaurant is not in Chinatown. I like the fact that it's not, you know, because Melbourne's such a diverse city, and there's so much element in it that you go, hey, let's let's you know, if you ask yourself, what's Australian cuisine? It's like, well, Australia's a wonderful melting pot of a whole lot of cultures. And I ask anyone who visits Australia or lives in Australia and has travelled outside the rest of the world, oh, you can, gra- you can grab a great bowl of pho in Melbourne. You can grab great, you know, sort of uh, pastrami sandwich in Melbourne. You can grab great pasta with five beans. You can grab anything. You know, it's, it's a great melting pot. So here, I, I spend a lot of time in, in Singapore. Right. And uh, it was to sort of, oh, let's find a little bit of this element here and there. Because, you know, Malaysian Singaporean food was always this. It's a delicious cuisine, but it's always been in this sort of weird backwater food court environment. It's like, that's not what it should be. It's this great tasting food. Challenges to elevate it. Mm. You know, bring... what, what are the elements? What, what, are the, what, what um, characterizes. I Singaporean think, food or your food? Well, I, I, I take all those elements and then I find what's sort of a bit more common here. We, we've got a chili crab jaffle. You know, chili crab is quintessentially an iconic Singaporean dish and it's like, you can put anything in a jaffle, it tastes great. So yeah, in the back I've just done some um, rindang pies and uh, chicken laksa pies. Pretty seasons, just yeah, pretty finals, just around the corner. It's a great idea. So, yeah, a little bit of that, but you know what? It's like what's what's Australian? So yeah, I'll just sort of jazz it up a little bit with my twist. Yeah, and it's a jaffles are very Melbourneian thing, definitely. Like, I'll put a bit of chili crab and mozzarella in it, see how that goes. It's delicious. <laughs> and he is just. Well, that was now. the first thing that she said to me was, <laughs> she's addicted to them. No, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we like to have a little bit of fun. So I think, like, sort of, in, in the heart of it all, it's an Australian restaurant, but with heavy Chinese Singaporean influences. Okay. Yeah. That's it. We're on Flinders Lane in Melbourne. Technically, yes. this is an Australian restaurant because we're in Australia. You know, Australia is where I've lived past most of my life, thirty-four years. Yeah. yeah. So you were little. Were you born I in Dubai? Uh, I came. Here, I was born in Brunei. I'm Brunei. Sorry. That's right. Uh, I came here when I was six. Yeah. So, so. Do you remember? 
you remember being little in Brunei? I, I still do, yes. funnily enough. I still do. I still have memories there. Uh, I would regularly go back to visit family. Uh, some fam, like some relatives there. So, regular sort of trip once or twice uh, a year. Uh, and then I, I spent some of my career in Singapore. Yeah. So yeah, it was... Uh, did you train here and then go to Singapore or train in Singapore? I think I'm still training, to yeah. be honest. You always are. Yeah. yeah. The culinary scene is, is so big. Yeah. You're always training. So, yeah. Actually, I learned that from this amazing sushi chef I came across as well. He's an elderly gentleman. You know, he was serving us his omakase. And uh, my my friend who was with me as well was like, oh, asked the questions like, how long have you been? How long did it take for you to train to get to this level? And in in typical Japanese style as well, he would say he's still training. Yeah. He's a, I think he was a 58 year old gentleman. Yeah. Still training. I think that really struck me. Yeah. So yeah. But um, when you started, <laughs> when you started down the road, what what made you want to be a chef? Um. It was, it, like, food's a passion, you know. Food's a passion, and you got to work your way around. You've got to understand. So you're, you're in the kitchen, you're learning things. Yeah. Yeah. Is this something you always wanted to do? I think it's something which was, at a stage in time, I was a banker before. Were you? I was banking okay. finance. Okay. So that was a 10-year career. Hospitality, to date, has been a 10-year career. Yes. So half of my working life has been in banking finance, the other half has been in hospitality. I think ironically, having been in banking finance helped navigate through challenging times of COVID as well. So just have, being on top of your finances. Yeah, well it's a big thing isn't it? It's not just about cooking is it? It's, it's about all of those other things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's running a business. Running a business, yeah. And is this your first... Um, first Melbourne. Rest, restaurant you've run? First in Melbourne, yes. Yeah. yeah. So you had something in Singapore as uh, well? In Singapore, correct. I uh, still have it in Singapore. Okay. Just haven't been able to travel back. No, wow. And I uh, used to have a couple in, in Sydney. So yeah, but they, they, were, they were closed a long time ago. So yeah. 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 Amazing. So, yeah, so I guess it's really waiting to get out of lockdown and be normal. Or <laughs> Pretty much. Heaven. Yeah. Run a normal hospitality. Exactly. I'm trying to, yeah. Um, that definition of normal is very different now. So yeah. As you say, you obviously love um, food and, and cooking and coming up with ideas. But hospitality is also about the people, isn't it? It's, it's not very much probably so. not so much for people just coming in and going. You can't see the people we, eating we can't. and. We can't. I think we're blessed that we've got some regulars who come by for takeaway, which is great. You know, you see them, you have a good chat. But that engagement's not there. You're not able to sit and host them. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's uh, the moment that you have with them is fleeting at best. Uh, we do deliveries, obviously. Uh, we've got a little uh, initiative set up by, by Mia as well, which is called Tien to You. So we're trying to reach beyond that usual five kilometer radius. I saw that. So you're going yeah. quite far now. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So we just make sure we've got everything sort of packed. Uh, we've got reheating instructions as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's on certain days of the week you go to certain suburbs. 
correct. But other than that, you're doing the 5K or what? The, the 5K is a day-to-day, everyday sure. uh, coverage that we have, but then we, we select particular suburbs. So we've got, we maintain some degree of reach and tap into another market as well. Uh, one thing I, I guess that we're quite proud of here is uh, ever since lockdown two or half of one and onwards, we haven't closed. We've, we haven't skipped a beat. We've got a menu that we know works very, very well dine in, but easily converts to takeaway if need be. Yeah. So we've found that sort of yeah. sweet spot. Um, so what do people get in their box? Tian to you, what? Tian to you, we've got uh, just a select um, a series of our menus, like things which we know will last and reheat relatively well. They're very iconic uh, Singaporean dishes, but they're sort of iconic to like our interpretations as well. So our free range chicken satay, wagyu satay, um, we do very, uh, it's, a, it's a, a very traditional recipe. You know, if you try satay, there's some really bastardized recipes out there. And I, re- I reckon they're horrendous, to be honest. But, you know, every person, I think we've got a very wonderful, authentic um, recipe, but we use... So is it fantastic. spicy or is it about the... A little bit of spice. Yeah. But not too much. Okay. Yeah, but it's really about um, the marination and the cooking method there as well, which keeps it a bit more legit. You know, I'm not putting it under a, 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 a Roban sort of salamander grill being cooked over a proper grill. Yeah. So yeah. Um, our Hainanese chicken. So we use Hazel Dean's free range chicken. Amazing, fantastic free range chicken. Um, and yeah, we, we poach and uh, we steep it, serve it with very aromatic chicken rice as well. So we, we don't skimp on the aromatics, you know. Uh, chili, lime, ginger, garlic, uh, lemongrass, and that leaf, you know, full shebang as well. Uh, never touted it to be sort of like the best in Melbourne, but we let our clientele speak for themselves, and, and they, they they believe it is, and, and that's a wonderful thing. It is wonderful. Yeah, uh, I, I never, I've never sort of blown my own trumpet or anything. It's always you, you leave it to your clientele to judge. Yeah. So yeah, um, our chili crab japanese, which go out, our uh, uh, Vegemite rendang as well. We do a Vegemite rendang, also buko rendang, which is delicious. Yeah. Uh, not to buy it, but yeah. And our Singapore chili crabs, we use Northern Territory mud, mud crabs as well, so it's great. Uh, served with uh, mantau bread as well, absolutely delicious. You soak up all that sauce. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I, I think it's like you know we can't travel, so I like to use that moniker as well. It's like bring a little bit of uh, you know. I'll take you to Singapore through a Amazing. culinary journey instead. And so you were saying that you were in banking for 10 years and you've been in hospitality for 10 years. Do you, are you going to have another change or do you think this is it for you? We'll see how this plays out, <laughs> to be honest. So yeah, funnily enough, uh, I was in banking during the global financial crisis oh. and now I'm in hospitality during COVID-19. So every sort of, uh, 
every sort of career change has been marked by some sort of catastrophe, global catastrophe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you, you keep plugging away. Yeah. And what would your advice be to someone that wants to become a chef? Maybe pandemics aside. I think you've got to. For myself, I'm relatively low key. Um, that's just me as a personality. I, I, I enjoy having a one-on-one conversation, but I can't really speak to the multitudes of people. And I think that's what sort of got me into it because chefs used to be very behind the scenes and we, we wouldn't have to talk to people. No, I know. It's a very different world now though yeah. because chefs, some chefs are, you know, quasi-celebrities and stuff. Not the angle that I personally am comfortable to go down. I, I think I'm a very, uh, I like my quiet time and stuff like that. But ultimately, I, I love serving food. I think it's one of the most intimate acts you can do to cook a meal and to present it to someone. You know? Whether you know them or whether you don't know them, I think it's a very intimate gesture. You, you are giving another person something that you've spent God knows how long crafting. And it's a fleeting moment as well because it's consumed. Yeah. It's over and over. So yeah. And it's amazing when there are those particular meals which you still carry on in your memory and go, oh my gosh, do you remember that time we went and that moment was fleeting but that memory lingers, you know, and you crave for that taste again. So I think there's, there's something very intimate and special when it comes to cooking and serving. It's it's a um, yeah, it's not like a bank loan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's your bank loan. You can buy your house now. I'm still paying off this mortgage for the next twenty years. Yeah, it's, it's not the same. No. Yeah. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you, Alan. No, an absolute pleasure. so much for listening to this episode of conversation with the chef with alan chong if you want to experience all the greatness for yourself which of course you do you can follow alan on instagram at tian 38 melb that's uh, t-i-a-n 38 m-e-l-b and see what he's up to for yourself as for me i'm also on instagram at conversation with a chef and if you want to read the chat you can head to www.conversationwithachef.com i would absolutely love it if you told a friend about my chats And of course, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or click follow on Spotify so I know you're there. Once again, thank you. Have a great day and see you next time.